This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> God, grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change the courage to change the one I can, and the wisdom to know it's me. Valeria interviews Tammy Barnes. She is the owner and therapist for Sessions of Serenity in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. She is a licensed, board-certified therapist, mental health specialist. Tammy holds a degree in psychology and a master's in science in mental health counseling. She is a clinically trained trauma professional who uses an eclectic approach to help patients utilizing ideas and theories from forward-facing trauma therapy and trauma-focused CBT in her practice. Her biggest passion is helping her clients understand how self-regulation and connecting painful past learning is the key to controlling one's emotions, mood, and overall mental health. Tammy is also the creator of the mental health app Therapist in My Pocket. She is also one of the few therapists in the state of Tennessee that specializes in DID. She has over 30 years combined experience working with, educating, and counseling children and teens, but loves working with the adult population now. Tammy would say she is a bit off the wall, and some would say a bit too open, but feels she cannot expect someone to come in and trust her with their deepest thoughts and secrets without creating a genuine therapeutic relationship. Genuine means you get a real person, one who is not afraid to share emotions, one that will celebrate life's ups and downs with you, cry with you, scream with you, pray with you, and pray for you. But above all, she is here to help you heal. Healing comes in many forms and fashions. Tammy loves using what works for you. She loves to incorporate music, poetry, art, sand, writing, and anything else that will help bring out the strength inside you. To help understand more about who you are and what's important to you and brings you serenity. Together, we will create a plan that challenges you and helps you to bring more serenity to your life. On the personal side, she is a Christian wife and a mom. She has two adult children. Tammy says her and her husband are blessed to be Papa and Nana to three beautiful grandchildren, with two more on the way. Tammy says her place of serenity is on the beach in PCB, Florida. Tammy is all about the Nashville Preds. And she says she loves all the guys but Sijins, and Saros are her favorite. She is a huge Daughtry fan, but loves all music. Tammy is also a published poet. Meet Tammy at sessionsofserenity.com. Here's the interview with Tammy Barnes. In your own words, who is Tammy Barnes? 
Well, first, I would like to say I am a child of God. I am a wife. I am a mother, a grandmother to three beautiful baby girls. And we also just found out that we will be having two more beautiful baby girls. Congratulations. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you. So we're excited there. (laughs) I am an educator, a trauma therapist, and just someone that loves to work with and help people. Yes. Uh, that's beautiful to hear. I have to say the word beautiful again. <laughs> what inspired you to become a therapist, Tammy? Ever since I was little, it was really a choice between teaching and wanting to be a therapist. I kind of went the education route for a little while. And then it was interesting to me that um, when I decided after my kids grew up, I decided, okay, I'm going to go and pursue my dream in counseling and stuff and ended choosing a type of therapy that definitely is more educational and process-based. And so it, kind of tying the two together just worked really well for me. So just kind of something I've always wanted to do, but I, I enjoy helping people and I really enjoy the mental health side of it. Yes. Wow. You are a combination of an educator and a healer. That's how I see it, put <laughs> yeah. in that way. So I have these open questions for you. I guess the first one that would be good to ask would be this one. How do you define mental health these days? What is to be mentally healthy? Well, that's a good question. And I notice how you say these days. Yes. Because our mental health has drastically changed over the last several years. But I would say to be mentally healthy means that we are having more positive thoughts than Mm. negative thoughts. Mm. We are able to communicate in clear ways. We are able to make good decisions. And more importantly, we are able to control our reaction to stress Mm. and, and our emotions are and our reaction to things are kind of matching accordingly. So if we're falling apart because we broke a nail, yes, that might hurt, but it's not necessarily a proper reaction to something like that. So are we properly reacting to Mm -hmm. things? Mm -hmm. Um, which, Which is one of the things I'm noticing here lately is that folks are just, we are not properly, (laughs) properly reacting to things (laughs) anymore. That's true. That's such an interesting concept, idea to embrace and to explore emotions, feelings. Do you actually see a difference between emotions and feelings, Tammy, or they are one and the same? Uh, I think that they're very closely related. It's, you know, it's actually more our thoughts lead us to feelings or something happens and then we have a thought about it and then we go to that feeling or emotion. Mm. Oh, wow. So there's um, a filtered so it, it is filtered yeah. uh, by yes. thoughts, belief systems, values. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and and those filters have kind of become messed up here lately. <laughs> right. That's very interesting. How did this happen? Like, what would you consider to be an unrealistic kind of uh, delusional even filter, per se? Ah. Uh, If you were to compare it, the way I like to compare it is by a gas tank. You know, uh, everybody has their own personal gas tank. And depending on how full we are when we wake up, um, that's going to depend on how far we're taken throughout the day. And 
you know, if you're waking up and that gas tank is already depleted every day, you're not going to go very far. You're not going to be able to handle much. You're not going to be able to handle much stress. But if you're waking up and, you know, our systems are working properly and we're full of gas and ready to go, those are the types of things that help filter those events that come to us throughout the day. That is so true. It made me think about my own situation, my own life experience, which is not as easy to, let's say, it's not really responding, reacting in a negative way, but being a lot more, let's say, direct. Because of traumas I had in childhood, I have this tendency in the personality to kind of not say the things I want to say to the people around me, like not create boundaries and all that. So before the period comes, then it's like so much more, uh, let's Mm -hmm. say it's easier to just say the things I want to say. So there's no filter there anymore in that sense. Like I'm being true to myself in a kind way, but it's still truthful. So I'm wondering if that plays a role too when it comes to women in mental health. It definitely can sometimes. Most of the time, it's that painful past learning that gets in the way where the brain kind of stores certain things from certain reactions and things that we went through. And so that painful past learning kind of sort of comes up and directs our response to things in a lot of areas. So for instance, if every time you discuss finances with your spouse, it's always a fight. Well, then If you know, okay, uh, the dishwasher broke, for instance, and we are going to have to discuss how we're going to get a new dishwasher. And so automatically we start to feel anxious about that conversation or we start to feel nervous about that conversation. Then we procrastinate and, you know, continue to wait. And that's that painful past learning that already says there's a threat here or a perceived criticism before we even have that conversation. And so that that painful past learning is kind of what contributes to some of these exchanges. And, you know, those are all controlled by the autonomic nervous system. And there has been a definite shift in our our autonomic nervous system here in the last three years due to the consequences of COVID and what it has done and how it has changed our mental health. Do you consider this a past learning kind of storages of information. Trauma, is that a... Yes, trauma, very, very much uh, that painful past learning comes from those traumatic events, especially. Wow. So now that you um, mentioned already the topic, the main topic of our conversation, I wanted to um, just go back to that. It's mental health mayhem in the United States post-COVID. So talk to me about your interest and your passion, because I, I heard that in your voice, any email, the email you sent to me even before the interview now. So how did you become interested in this? And why is this topic a very important one at this time? We can go at it from a scientific side. And if you were to just look at the current rates and trends right now in mental health before the pandemic, you know, we were actually making some changes in strides and suicide attempts and rates were down five to seven percent globally. Yeah. Um, and now the, you know, the most statistic 2021 is kind of that last year that they finished those statistical studies on. And our suicide rates have not just peaked, but surpassed our highest rates since the pandemic. 
Other things that we are seeing that kind of supports this information is things like EAP referrals through employers, AOL reports that they are drastically on the rise and higher that we've ever seen. So so we're seeing people that normally would function at work and do fine at work making making critical mistakes that are affecting their job. Um, substance use in the workplace is up um, drastically. Another interesting thing that I see is that while we're kind of trying to hold it together, some of these effects of our declining mental health are coming out in other places, such as road rage. AAA just did a report trying to get the word out that that road rage is rising and you know higher than it has ever been because this shift is is causing it to come out in other places where you know we're trying to hold it together at work and we're trying to so. So we're seeing these things come out in a negative way in other places. Um, the other thing that has kind of supported this information is all the referrals from from children that are being referred at at such young ages that are just unheard of. Um, parents calling for counseling for kids as, as young as as two years old that are presenting with severe signs of anxiety. And there's just there's no reason for that, really. In my own, you know, personal life, COVID, COVID has affected my family negatively in many different ways. But one of the main ones is the damage that it did to my own brain um, and almost shutting down my brain and having to go through brain treatments and things like that. But the major impact of it was messing with my autonomic nervous system and throwing my emotions and the way I handle emotions all over the place. So while we see that that scientifical statistic data now starting to come in, I'm beginning to see it as well uh, and have seen it over the last year or so in a much personal way and watching myself, who is normally calm, cool, collected, you know, always has things together, going through this, just not having control of my emotions anymore and trying to understand why. Right. Uh, this is incredible. I... I actually didn't know any of this, um, but I do have some more questions here for you. So you had COVID yourself and uh, that was a one-time thing or you had it more than once? We had the original strain the first time. We were down for about 17 days with that. And I suffered with the the brain fog. I actually had some paralysis in my face that happened and it just kind of never went away. And then a year, about a year later, my husband and I got another viral type infection. Um, it wasn't COVID, uh, but what, you know, I'm not sure if it was a strain uh, of the new, the new strains or whatever, but either way, I had tested negative, but whatever COVID had started to, to my brain, then that viral infection just kind of finished it off. And very quickly, I started going downhill and just about lost everything. Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, Tammy. Uh, and I'm also, at the same time, grateful that you are speaking about this because this is it's very important that we go through certain things, difficulties in life, and then we deal with them the way we do. And then we come out of it like you do, and then you become an educator about the topic. That's really yeah. wonderful to see. So a question that comes to mind is immediately is about the vaccine. Uh, do you... Did you take the vaccine? And do you think that the vaccine might be contributing 
as well to this uh, mental health mayhem in the United States? Um, I, d I have not personally taken the vaccine because of all of the different things that were happening to my brain and stuff. My doctors felt that it was um, not safe. Uh, I have done some research in regards to, um, you know, is this happening? It's not, while COVID does have severe and is having some severe neurological effects on a lot of us that are dealing with long COVID, I don't know that, that it's the vaccine or the illness itself. Um, obviously the illness can contribute to any symptoms, but it is more the length of the time that we were going through this traumatic experience altogether that has contributed to the severe decline in our mental health. Ah, okay. It's also the experience as a whole, a collective experience, right, of seeing our loved ones pass away, suffer, you know, that and change neurologically, our behaviors. Wow. It's interesting to hear all this because for some reason, I was, my husband and I were in New York at the time when it started in 2020, and mm -hmm. then we left, we moved to Florida, and then it didn't affect us in almost mm. any way. So yeah. I'm kind of outside. I have family members, they, they were affected, and I see that the, their behavior has changed, mm -hmm. but I'm yeah. not that close to them, so I don't know, uh, because most of my fam close, close family, they're in Brazil, they're not here. But I see that my husband's family, um, I don't know them that well, but I see them behaving in a way that's not healthy from my perspective, in a sense yeah. of I come from a place of um, expressing gratitude, love, you know, that positivity. So I haven't seen, I have not seen that within um, them. So now that you're speaking about it, that makes a lot of sense. Wow, this is affecting a lot of yes. people, the entire world, not just the United States, but. It, exactly. Wow. Ex exactly. It has changed the way that we think about things, the way we have feel about things. And, and in, in essence, it has changed our brain because, you know, what is supposed to happen is that we're supposed to, if an event occurs, you know, we kind of slip into that sympathetic nervous system. Um, and I like to call those little triggers or whatever that sets us there, um, the bear. And so when that, when that bear pops out, uh, we're designed to kind of go into that fight or flight, decide, are we going to fight the bear or run from the bear? And then when everything is okay again, and we come back into our parasympathetic system, um, we're supposed to then begin to process what happened, work through it, be able to see all of those things like, ah, oh, we made it through it. We're great. We're fine. But the problem is, is that we're not supposed to go through an event where we kind of don't come back or see an end. And even, even still, I don't know, like, you know, about you, but in terms of us here in America, having any kind of closure, I don't recall anybody coming out and saying, Hey, okay, we've got this under control. Y'all don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, and at this point, our brain has changed and our autonomic nervous systems have all shifted as a result of this long ongoing thing that didn't get better, which then changed our brains and automatic, you know, automatically how we are handling the stress in our lives. And we are not equipped um, mentally to handle that stress 
operating in our sympathetic nervous system. That is so true. You know, that makes me think about complex trauma, right? Is that what you mm, call yes. it, right? That is yes. just this compound trauma and this keeps, we keep mm-hmm. kind of re-experiencing trauma over and over again. You know, I don't watch TV. I'm really kind of, um, I do this here and I'm really living this. It's not really, let's say, isolated world or anything like that. It's just I choose to kind of focus on the this and, that, and I guess that takes all my time, really. So yeah. I thought it was getting better. It is somewhat better, right, Tammy? The COVID situation, isn't it under control somehow? Yeah, well, like while COVID is better, our numbers are better. Um, the, the folks that are getting COVID now, those strains have lessened and lessened. Um, however, we are just now starting to to see uh, the effects and those effects are starting to show up now today in situations that are worse than ever. Substantial evidence supports that, you know, almost all of those studies are showing that globally mental health has gotten worse 25 to 33 percent. So we're now at a rate of, of about one out of three people globally are dealing with some sort of mental health issue, whether it's those racing thoughts, whether it's anxiety, um, we've slipped into depression. Um, and, and suddenly, for the first time ever, we're seeing people that a few years ago didn't have any problems or didn't have you know issues with these things are now suddenly presenting to counseling with with suicidal thoughts and things like that. Um, Suicide rates, like I said, were down before, uh, but the last data that we have collected and has been collected, suicide rates had now peaked at their highest ever. Um, In 2021, 10% of our youth, kids 9 to 12th grade, so that's one out of every 10 high school students, reported that in the last 12 months that they've had at least one suicide attempt that their parents may or may not even be aware of. Right. Ah, wow. And so if you think about before COVID, if you were to ask people, you know, how stressed are you? Seven out of 10 people would probably say, oh, yeah, I'm pretty stressed. But now, three years later, as a result of having gone through this, if you ask people, hey, do you feel stressed? 10 out of 10 people right now are saying not only are they stressed, but they're over the roof, they're irritable, they're feeling things that they've never felt before, they're suddenly having anxiety when they've never dealt with anxiety, they're, they're dealing with depression, and, and sadly, they're not reaching out for help because we've missed many of the warning signs due to the pandemic. Yes. Wow. This is very informative. So you're saying that not too many people are dying from COVID these days, but we're experiencing right. the consequences of The consequences, absolutely. That is a, an amazing word. The consequences of going through what we have went through the last three years have changed the way that our brain interprets stress in daily life. And we are no longer um, seeing those things the same, you know, problems that are, I get a flat tire in the morning. Um, okay, I call AAA and they fix it. Now we get a flat tire and, you know, it is, we're having a breakdown on the side of the road and we don't even remember that we have AAA because our brain is in a different place operating differently where we lose a lot of those crucial skills to 
remember things, make good decisions, communicate clearly. So, um, you know, domestic violence is on the rise. Just so many things are changing as now we're starting to measure the consequences of, of being in this situation for so long without kind of a resolution coming quickly. Right. Um, it's really sad to hear. Um, yeah. Uh, it's almost like uh, you paused me here for a moment, <laughs> like um, kind of reflecting the suffering that this has brought. Um, so the, uh, something that comes to mind also is you mentioned earlier about, I, I asked you the question about uh, the definition of mental health. What is to be mentally healthy? And then you said, I, I heard you saying about also, also coping with uh, challenges, uh, being able to do that. So it seems like we have not, as humanity, we have not really been aware of that, of our own mental health before right. COVID, right? Right. Yeah, we just kind of, we're going along functioning. And then now all of a sudden, you know, we're seeing a lot of referrals coming from doctors because we're having uh, those physical symptoms of stress. So we're having the the tummy aches, the loss of appetite. Um, uh, every time I eat, I'm, I'm getting nauseous, you know, and that is because when we're operating and we're kind of permanently stuck in our sympathetic nervous system, those, those systems shut down. Digestion actually shuts down. Um, years ago, I would never understand when people would talk to me about stress and, and, uh, you know, ulcers. And I didn't understand. I was like, I don't understand what stress has to do with my stomach. Well, now knowing this information, we know that the digestive system is not essential Mm -hmm. if you're in fight or flight. The thing is, is we're not meant to get stuck Mm -hmm. here. And as a result of COVID, um, not only have many, you know, are are only operating out of their sympathetic nervous system, but now many of them have become stuck. And once we kind of become stuck and we don't find a solution or we don't notice it or recognize it and get help, sometimes the only way to go is down. And so sadly, we're, we're seeing people come and, and it's almost too late. The, the suicidal thoughts are already there uh, because we've missed those early stages of anxiety and depression because we were told those are normal things that you, you should feel these things right now. We're going through something we've never gone through before. Um, of course, you're going to be depressed if you're quarantining. Uh, we did not expect quarantining, though, to go on and off for a year in different states and cities and depending on where you were. Um, so, yeah, you were supposed to be there for a minute, but then you were supposed to be able to get back out and go back out with your family and, and feel better again. And those things just didn't happen. Wow. So what is the way, and you, in the email you sent to me, you said there is hope. So that's yes. the question that I really want to ask. <laughs> what to do yeah. now? So the, there, there is hope. And, you know, early detection and, um, you know, timely intervention in those things are crucial. Um, the first thing we need to do is, is stop ignoring the signs. Um, if, if your friends, if your family members are telling you, um, you know, look, we can't even talk to you anymore. And it's not an argument. You know, if you're turning around and saying some, you know, good morning to somebody and they're turning around and go, would you expect me to not have a good morning? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, those types <laughs> of things, 
Yes. That's kind of evidence that that your loved one is struggling. If if you have uh, that positive person, um, you know, such as my dad, he was always positive, and suddenly I watched the most positive person I know become a person that was suddenly fearful and and sad and depressed, and and I was just like, you know, if this can happen to one of the most positive, you know, grateful people I know what is it going to do to those that already aren't grateful or positive and how much, how much further down that gas tank is this going to send them? So, so we really need to start paying attention to this. And it's not, if you're in these places, if you are are experiencing more irritability, if you're crying more and, and things like that, getting some help sooner rather than later, I'm asking you not to wait till your mental health is so bad before you come in and try to get a handle on things. And as educators, as, you know, churches and legislature, they need to also understand that if we don't get a grip on this, the suicide rates and and those fatalities are going to continue to rise if we do not get this information out and let folks know, look, you know, our brains have changed as a result of what we have went through. And it's okay. There's no shame in that. Um, but we need to start talking about it. We need to stop pretending it's there. And we need to, um, instead of suppressing it and so that it is coming out in other places such as road rage and different things like that, uh, we, we need to get on top of it. That second step is that it needs to really start with the adults. I understand your children are displaying signs of severe anxiety. Uh, now we're starting to see that go a bit lower and the depression has started to hit the children and teenagers. Um, there is not much we can do. Uh, you know, yes, we can do a lot of things to help your child. But the fact is, is that children regulate to their parents. And so if their parents are dealing with severe anxiety or all of these symptoms, whatever we do in the office, is not going to be very helpful because when that child goes back home, they're going to regulate to their parents. So if your kids are suddenly presenting with all these severe anxieties, the first thing we need to do is stop and look at what's going on with us and and either learn this information together as a family so that we can fix it as a family, or we need to start with mom and dad. Um, because we're while we're seeing some success it's been a real struggle uh, because for the first time as adults, we're not okay. We are not okay. We have had things come about in our lives that we have never been through and we are not okay and we weren't okay. And that has affected our kids. So starting with the adults would be, you know, the next step. Um, Learning about self-regulation and getting your autonomic nervous system working properly again. Um, you know, it's kind of out of whack because you're allowing those emotions and that painful past learning to affect your reaction and your reacting versus thinking. Um, so learning more about those things and then practicing those, those things. Oh, my goodness. It is uh, Dr. Gentry, my um, professor and the uh, founder of Forward Facing Trauma Therapy. It was hilarious when he told us, he said, I'm about to teach you some of the simplest things you will ever learn. And I was like, yes, simple. That's great. (laughs) But then then in the next phrase, he followed Uh with, I'm also going to teach you the hardest thing 
mm-hmm. you're ever going to learn. And I was like, well, that makes no sense. Whatsoever. <laughs> yes. But he, what he was meaning is that these are coping mechanisms that we do subconsciously that we don't even realize we're doing. And so it's about recognizing we're doing them and then trying to change them. And many of them are things that we've been doing for our entire life without realizing we're doing it. And so changing those things and being very persistent with it is important. So practice, practice, practice. And I know you've talked about gratitude. You know, there are so many sources that say practicing gratitude is one of the number one ways to fight depression. Um, I always have a saying in practice that you cannot be grateful and hateful at the same time. Mm, Yeah, right. (laughs) Yes, but it's also scientifically true um, because in order to be grateful, you have to force yourself into the parasympathetic system where when we're feeling ungrateful, we are clearly in our sympathetic nervous system. So if you are finding yourself feeling more ungrateful, seeing the dark side of things, um, looking at that glass half empty all the time. Uh, that's a pretty good sign that you are um, dealing with some sympathetic nervous system dominance and, you know, probably need some help to get your your brain and your thinking back on track um, so you can start living in your parasympathetic system again where, where everything works properly and where we handle things properly. Uh, that, you know, the next step is, is if you are seeing these things, seek help. And there's, you know, counseling has changed a lot over the years. It is, there is many different types of counseling. So I encourage you to, to research some different modalities and find out what works best for you. Um, finding a good support group, um, downloading a mental health app on your phone, um, something as simple as like, uh, I have my own mental health app that I've created uh, called Therapist in Your Pocket. And I love it because it's for just like those moments when we're not doing okay. And we just need to maybe read a few things on depression, or we might need to, you know, get some help with anxiety for the, you know, the moment. But but just diff- there's a lot of different apps that can help you deal with self-regulation, calming those thoughts down and getting you back on the right track. Um, and of course, there's there's medicine, but I really encourage you to try to find more holistic, natural methods um, to fixing your autonomic nervous system. Because uh, when we start messing with antidepressants and medications, all those do is medically fix those systems. But there's a downside to that too. And that is, they also kind of keep you in a window where you don't get those full benefits and effects because they're kind of designed to keep you from going too high and then going too low. So I always encourage um, finding, you know, someone to talk to first and get some of these things in practice before we try any uh, approach to medication. And then again, I just want to say, you know, that that early detection and intervention is the most important. And if, if you are having these thoughts, if you've been having these thoughts for a while and you're just scared to talk to someone about them, um, you know, there there is help out there. Employers are understanding. There are, you know, programs through your employers if you haven't met your deductible for insurance. And, um, you know, we're hurting as a country right now financially. And but but I encourage you, you know, there there's help, there's resources, and your life is more important than any financial matter. Um, and you are needed and you are so important. 
And just because this thing has happened that's changed our brain doesn't have to change you and destroy you and eventually possibly, you know, take your life away. Things like self-harm. There was 1.70 million suicide attempts in 2021, you know, and and then we look at globally anywhere from 700,000 to a million suicides a year. Uh, so you take that and double that, that, you know, if any of those attempts were successful. And, and like I said, those numbers as a result of where mental health is going, um, post COVID are, are rising rapidly. Because like I said, we've missed the signs in, in it. I hate to say it's too late because it's never too late. Um, but before people are realizing, Hey, I've got a problem or this isn't going away, we're already on empty in our gas tank. True. Wow. Um, wow, Tammy. I wanted to uh, thank you again for what you're doing. It's just incredibly beautiful and compassionate. I can hear the heart speaking. Of course, um, you're very knowledgeable and informative and this education is, is here. Um, but there's, there's something that it's really... Uh, highlighted um, from my perspective. It it is this compassion, this beautiful longing to not just help yourself, your own family, but help your human family, everyone else. So it's scary to see people that you've known for your whole life be these positive, inspirational people. And suddenly, I mean, you're just kind of seeing them quiet or like, like we've lost them somehow. And you know, and that's a result of this shift. And if you think back to, you know, nothing like this, but but you know that the when here in the U.S. they went through the Great Depression and how how those going through that long period of time really changed how people think and their coping mechanisms. We haven't had anything compared to that until this. And so it's crazy to me. How can you think? Okay, look at all of the things in and ways that people handled things changed as a result of that. And then not, not see that we kind of went through, you know, something as terrifying and as long and, and it's having those same effects now um, and just affecting mental health across the board. Sorry for slurring my words. That's part of that brain issue with the COVID and long COVID. Um, But yeah. And so getting this information out and just, you know, bringing it to, to your women's group, to your, you know, to your churches, um, getting this information into schools, uh, especially our teenagers. I mean, it's terrifying to me to hear that one out of 10 kids have had a suicide attempt in the last 12 months that that people may not even know about. So, I mean, if nothing else, we need to get this information into our schools and let the kids know it's going to be okay. You know, your brain has changed. It's nothing you did. Um, you, and, and that's what I'm hearing from a lot of parents is my happy kid that was social and everything. They're just gone all of a sudden. That is really sad to hear. I have a question for you. So spirituality, I wonder how much of that, I know you're a Christian, how much of that has helped you throughout this challenging time and the changes in your own brain, your own body? And how much can spirituality help us? I I will be honest and, and I will say if I didn't have my spirituality, I probably would not have made it 
through that. Um, you know, like I said, the the brain treatment and and some of those things, all that suppressed trauma that you go through and, and that your brain suppresses when you start going through these brain treatments, it kind of brings that to the surface. And so for the first time in my life, I started having suicidal thoughts, thoughts of self-harm. And and if it wasn't for my relationship with God um, and, and different things that that helped get me through those times, um, I, I know specifically one thing in particular was the chosen was kind of released during this time period. And so um, watching that renewed a spirit in me about just getting to know Christ better um, and, and realizing without him, this is one of the only ways that I'm going to make it through this because, because like I said, I was going through things that as a mental health professional, I would hope to not be, you know, going through, Um, you know, and having all the tools and having all the information. Yet here I was, um, you know, literally uh, had self-harm through cutting, which is something if you would have asked me ever at any point in my life before this, would I have ever self, you know, harmed or anything? I would have told you no. Um, and, you know, can I say it, it was that a result of the the neurological damage to my brain? Absolutely. But do I think that it had more to do with the stress over the last three years, along with everything that my brain shifted and then going through the treatments put me even further down on the gas tank where those thoughts kind of tend to happen. Absolutely. The combination of those two just made that time in my life. I I, I will honestly tell you probably the the worst and most terrifying time I've ever been through. Yes. Um, I can, I can imagine, only imagine, I guess, because I have been through the challenge too with suicidal thinking, but that was before COVID, way before. And, but that for me, it was the way I saw it, just writing everything down. I wrote a whole book about it, was kind of going through depression. And the reason why I was depressed is because I was holding on to the past, the things that was done to me. And I couldn't let go. The mind could not, the thoughts yeah. could not let go of them. And then I ended up stuck and then feeling mm-hmm. like there was no way, no helpless really in that Absolutely. situation. And that's what trauma does to our brain. It changes our brain and, and kind of sort of the exact same patterns of you go through something, then you develop thoughts and, and coping mechanisms as a result of those things. And then you begin to act accordingly. It's no different than kind of what we just went through. We went through something that was, you know, sad and scary and that we'd never been through before. And then that started to change our thinking, which then changed how we behave, which now changes those permanent changes, you know, in our demeanor and things like that. Listening to you kept coming to me like trauma, trauma. Yeah, this is the mm-hmm. consequence of compound complex trauma. But another thing is that uh, the, what really got me out of it almost completely and overnight, it was mm-hmm. spirituality. But not yeah. in the sense of just learning a new religion or be part of a new, I don't know, philosophical, spiritual thinking, belief systems. It was really going back to the way I used to think as a child. When I had problems as a child, I would look at, at mm-hmm. the sky and look at the moon and yeah. kind of ask for help to this, not knowing even what that was, mm-hmm. like what was out there that could help me. 
But there's a sense of that I belong to, something in me was belonged to, was limitless, was infinite, part of that, the cosmos that I could see. So I guess I went back to it and then everything Mm -hmm. changed. In that moment that I had suicidal thinking, it was about 10 years ago, then everything changed. And that's why I do what I do, Tammy, today. Fit for joy, that's exactly the thought that came to me. You're fit yes. for joy. You're infinite. You're perfect. And then that <laughs> everything changes. <laughs> and that's kind of that's kind of what to me that sums up everything is going through this. Many of us have lost our joy, and we need to go back to those simple things that make us happy and and what what was making us happy and do more of it versus doing less of it, um, which is kind of a par for the core here. We're all doing less of anything we did before COVID. Um, but going, finding those things you love, laughing more, um, you know, all of those things put us into our parasympathetic system, which can help fight this, that practicing gratitude. And the more time you spend there is the greatest way to get your brain working and fighting against your brain when it's giving you those irrational thoughts that that you know just don't make sense. They're just kind of, you know, they're there because your brain's trying to figure out why it's stuck, not because they're true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, going back to those simple things and finding joy again. Yeah. Um, I I just would love to yeah. see smiling yeah. faces again. Um, yeah. And oh you know, my god, it, it's, yeah. it's reaching everywhere. We were on the beach in October, yeah. and that's when I really was like, oh my goodness, it's reached the happiest place on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My husband and I were walking down the, the beach and he was like, I feel like we're in the twilight zone. And we were just kind of looking and yeah. everybody, nobody was talking and <laughs> everyone was just kind of staring at their phone and there was no smiles and uh, kids weren't playing in the water like we used to see. They were very kind of close to their parents, just kind of sitting and playing. It, it was just different than anything we had ever seen. And, and that's when I was like, oh my goodness, if it's reached the happiest place on earth, <laughs> <laughs> yes. then, then we are in trouble. If we can't even yes. find joy here, then then mm. this is on a much larger scale than what we even realize. Uh, that is so true. Um, especially when I think about joy, I think about the heart and going back to our own hearts, right? Um, I know I love the beach too, and I love the nature. It's just incredible. I have learned to go, always go within, just kind of rest in the place of that I know that peace is there. I love the way you call it peace, serenity. So it's the way you say on your website too, it resonated with me. You said serenity begins in healing the heart. That really, um, kind of energetically resonated true. Um, going back to our own hearts, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's, it starts with you. And I think we often are looking for so many outside places to bring us joy or this person makes me feel better. Or as long as I'm with people, I'm okay. But as soon as I'm alone, I'm not okay. Mm. But yeah, it, mm. it has to begin with you and, yes. and whatever's going on inside your heart that we need to, to take care of and, and, free you from um, in a way that is healthy and safe, that doesn't re-traumatize you is so important to yeah. gain, getting your life back. Yes, so true. And healing the heart, of course, that's yeah. the, the work you've been talking about, asking for help. So, And uh, the more we become more self-aware, the more we read better clearly those signs that Absolutely. the heart's not well, right? To do something. Absolutely, yeah. We lose uh-huh. the ability to even see when when we're in our sympathetic 
So we're almost at the end, and I do want to mention something else. So that was on your website. I really love that, too. You say, uh, God, grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change, the courage to change the one I can, and the wisdom to know it is me. Uh, That, like, I had to have this in the introduction of this podcast. I had to, (laughs) because that is so true. This concept, again, the idea of going back Returning to our own hearts, to our own self, healing our own, the depth of, of ourselves. We need to get to know who, mm-hmm. what we are before we can do Absolutely. anything else, right? Um, yeah, before we can give ourselves to, you know, another person, um, before we can be good parents. And, you know, that kind of going back to we have to be okay for our children to be okay. And, and that starts definitely with us and in healing you know, any of that painful past learning that that may be residing and is presenting today, causing you problems. But yeah, it starts with us. Another question that I wanted to ask and I didn't ask before, do you bring some of the spiritual aspects, uh, those spiritual messages and, and philosophies even into practices, into your therapeutic work? Um, sometimes I do. Uh, I do advertise myself as a Christian therapist. Uh, yes. Um, Uh, But, you know, that it doesn't have to be. That's kind of up to that person and what they want to explore. But, yeah, at the same time, I'm also that person that, you know, prays for my patients and willing to pray with you in session. If, you know, if we've had, you know, that session moves us that way. Um, And so it's kind of individually up to that person. Some people are just beginning their journey in, in learning things and so so it, it really just has to begin. And spirituality means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And so, you know, kind of looking at that. But yeah, that is kind of something that we, um, I always ask about in the beginning and see where that person is and how, what their thoughts are. Um, and let them know that, you know, absolutely that, that there are, are things that we can do. There are, you know, aspects of, of, mindfulness and spirituality and Christianity that all can be used to help with mental health and getting you to be the best person you can be. Everything helps. Yes. Getting all the help we can get when it comes to that. Something that I read about you, you're also a writer. So you published a, uh, you're a published poet. I I am. (laughs) How wonderful that is, Tammy. So talk to me for a moment about that. I'd love to know more. Uh, Well, actually, so um, my first husband, I lost my first husband to um, complications of a brain tumor, and he was my children's father. And so I kind of wrote a poem um, regarding some of that experience uh, and the things that I was going through during that time, and actually just on a whim submitted it. And not only did it end up getting published, but also won the public, the editor's choice award for, for that particular publication. And so, so that one, and then I have another, uh, I have another poem as well, um, that was published, uh, that I wrote for an anniversary, um, as well that was published. And, uh, hopefully I will be moving more into the freelance writing aspect, getting this information out about, uh, about mental health and the effects as well, um, through some freelance work here coming up soon. Yes. That sounds really exciting. Please let me know. I would love to read, uh, yeah. more about your work when you have it out there. If you have another book Absolutely. even about this. And what is the title of the book, your poetry book? Oh, goodness gracious. I think it's called, it's called Poetry in Motion. 
Poetry in Motion. Okay, that's yeah, it's wonderful. been a long time since <laughs> I even. I was like, where is that book? <laughs> yes, I love yeah. poetry. There's something yeah. about poetry that touched the heart immediately yeah. in a way that other types of writings can't. Yes, and I love using things like that in my work. So poetry, music, yes. anything. I feel that anything <laughs> uh, that somebody loves that brings them comfort. That if you bring that into therapy, then the more comfortable you're going to be here and the more healing that we do um, while you're here. So, yes, yeah. Thank you so much, Tammy, again for your presence. You're so welcome. And thank you so much for Uh, inviting me and uh, allowing me to get this important information out uh, in in a way that um, I was not able to before. So, oh, yes, that's uh, that's the. I would say it's not just a passion. It's almost, it feels like um, a devotional type of thing. It's very close to the heart, helping myself and others in a meaningful way. So, but thank you so much again for being here. So before we say goodbye for today, I do have a technical question for you. But before that, I have ending questions. So I'll choose two of them and ask you, if you don't mind. Okay. So this one, what is the goal of healing? That's interesting. I don't think I've been asked that one. (laughs) To be the best version of you that you can be. I think that is when we are fully healed. When we are that best person and we are able to put out that best presence of ourself and be a light. I think that's when Mm -hmm. we know we are mentally healthy and we are truly healed and finding that light again in us as well. Yeah. Um, once you find that light coming back um, and you're having those better days, you know, those are key signs that your autonomic nervous system has fixed itself and that we're beginning to deal with trauma and we're handling things better again is, is when you're seeing that light inside yourself again and you're able to give that light to others. Yes. I love the way you say that. Yeah. Light. Right. In a way it can be, also translated as playfulness, right? The, yeah. the laughter is we become much more light in that sense too, yeah. with body, mind. Right? Body and mind. And I mean, just, just all around, just that, that excitement, that joy that, that makes others love being around you, mm-hmm. you know, and yes. love you for who you are. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, what's not to love about that answer? <laughs> the, yeah. the wisdom behind it. Uh, and my last question is, what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? Oh, wow. <laughs> what three experiences? I- I'm going to say that I think everybody should have an experience of extreme joy. Mm-hmm. Something that just, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what it is, that when you think about this, even at your lowest, it it brings you it brings you out of that place. And sadly, there are folks that don't have that. So I I think that I think as human beings, at some point, I know it's not going to sound wonderful. um, But I think that we all need to experience loss. It's, it's part of learning how to heal. If we don't ever learn how to lose, it, it makes grief and loss. And we lose so many things throughout our life, not just loved ones. Um, but we grieve losses everywhere. And so if we never have the experience to learn how to get through that, it can make life very difficult. So so that great joy and that great loss, 
Um, and then I'm also just going to say, uh, you know, love, we all deserve to be loved. And I think that having those people in your life that are a great inspiration and that you feel truly can provide love for you is something we all deserve. Um, again, what is not to love using the same word about your wisdom, your presence, your passion, the work you do and everything else in between. Thank you so much, Tammy, again, for being you. It's truly, truly beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And before we say goodbye for today, where's the best place to find more information about you and your work? So you can go to my website, sessionsofserenity.com. Um, like I said, you can also download uh, the app, which is Therapist in My Pocket. I can be found on Psychology Today uh, under Tammy Barnes, or if you were to look for uh, a therapist in Murfreesboro, Sessions of Serenity is also going to come up. Um, uh, the greatest resource for some of this information and uh, learning about our autonomic nervous system, how trauma affects it and how some of these events affect it would be um, getting Dr. Eric Gentry's book, Forward Facing Trauma Therapy, which has a lot of these concepts that that I use and um, more importantly, have kind of put together to understand uh, how we got here and why uh, our mental health has taken such of a turn was putting together, you know, all of that information and the trends that are happening here um, as well. And, and just as well as doing the research, there is tons of evidence out there that is supporting that, you know, there has been a definite shift in everybody's system and just how much depends on where you were at before everything started. Right. So I'll have those resources, the, the links on your interview notes, the profile okay. page, everything will be there. Perfect. Thank you so much again, Tammy. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now, my dear. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Tammy Barnes and her work, please visit sessionsofserenity.com. Also, look for the Therapist in My Pocket, Tammy Barnes app, available for Android and Apple. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.